not going to be long, so don't get worried. Don't get sleepy. Don't get tired. Uh, not going to be long. But I do have some exciting things to say. Going to bring my fireside chat stool here because I'm going to sit a little bit just to kind of like talk to you guys, um, man to woman, man to man. And St. Luke chapter 9, are you all with me? Everybody have a copy of the notes? I sent out, I, I um, printed some notes. Just while you guys are finding it, just do this just so you guys can see it. Uh, just to, um, just to say thank the Lord for those that I see online on Zoom and those that are on site. So we're working our way through the life of Jesus. And by the way, the kids, the, you know, the kids doesn't bother me at all. I love hearing, I love hearing the children. It makes, listen, you know what, when I hear kids at church, I'm going to tell you something. When I hear kids at church, it reminds me of my childhood. It, it reminds me of when I was raising my kids. See, I went to the church. I went to a church where there was no children's church. You didn't have the parents having church one place, and the kids are locked away in some room behind closed doors. You don't know what's going on, what they're doing, what they're eating. Uh, you, know, you don't know what they're learning. We, we grew up in a church where... Everybody had church together. Parents, kids, babies, infants, good kids, bad kids, nice. grandkids. <laughs> no, we all we all were we all worship together, right? So our kids grew up learning how to enjoy a service and they learn how to pay attention to how to listen. Well, I mean some we could color, we could write, we, you know, we'd scribble through the hymn book and everything, but hey, we were in church. And we were hearing the word and we were learning how to fellowship and how to worship together. Amen. Amen. So I don't mind the kids at all because I got the mic. I can get louder than they are. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I got the mic. And I'll, I'll walk back there and just start talking to them if I have to. You know, we'll let them know that, hey, we, we're good. Amen? Amen. 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 So if you guys will, just look at Luke 9. We're working our way through the life of Jesus this year, 2023. Is the, is the year that we study the life of Jesus and learn what Jesus has to say to us. Amen? Amen? How many of you know that there's a lot of great books out there, but there ain't nothing more important than the word of the Lord? Do you believe that? Yes. I, be, I believe that. I believe that. So here's what it says, everybody. Luke 9, 28. Luke 9, 28. Uh, it says this on verse 28 of Luke 9. Some eight days after these sayings, he took along Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different and his clothing became white and gleaming. And behold, two men were talking with him and they were Moses and Elijah, Elijah with a J who appearing in glory were speaking of his departure, which was about to accomplish, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Verse 32. Now Peter and his companions had been overcome with sleep, but when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. And as they were, as these were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. By the way, when Sister Marie was saying that, she just feels better when she comes to the house of the Lord. 
I come up here a lot through the week. You know, we don't even own the building, but I feel like we do. I come up here a lot through the week. It's not just because I just uh, have stuff to do and work to do. And I usually do do work when I'm up here. But I come up here because I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's just something about being in the house of the Lord. Even if ain't nobody here but the chairs. I just be walking around just praying over the chairs. Lord, bless, bless, bless whoever sits here. Bless whoever sits here. I just walk around praying over the chairs and praying over, asking God that this family, whatever person sits here, bless this family, bless this household, bless this congregation and their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren and their cousins and their nieces and their nephews and their brother-in-laws and their sister-in-laws and their mother-in-laws. Amen? There's just something about being in the house of the Lord that just brings about peace and comfort and strength. So you know what? There's something to it. Sister Marie wasn't just saying that for the sake of of saying there's, there's a therapeutic divine healing that comes about when God's people were two or three are gathered in my name. When we are calling on the name of the Lord, when we are giving praise to the Lord, the Lord, the Bible says, inhabits the praises of his people. That is, he takes that residence, he pays attention. Amen? It ain't just our whining and complaining and moaning and groaning and begging that the Lord listens to. When you start saying, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I'm grateful. Lord, I appreciate you. Lord, I adore you. Lord, I extol you. Lord, I exalt you. You start giving God praise. You start giving God glory. You start telling God how good he is and how good he's been and how good he will continue to be in your life. And you see, don't you feel better? You don't have to see a doctor. You see, don't you feel better that moment because God inhabits the praise of his people and he will just give you that lift. He will give you that release. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's not even in my notes. But I just needed to say that because I just think there is power in the fellowship and in the assembly of God. So that's why he says in his word, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. The Lord knew that we would, be, we would feed on each other. The Lord knew that we would encourage one another. The Lord knew that we would strengthen one another. Amen? Amen. Lord, give me strength. <laughs> I don't want to go really long, but I just get excited when I start looking at these passages because in his word there is life and his life everlasting. Here's what it says in verse 33 of Luke 9. And as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not realizing what he was saying. By the way, Mark 9, the companion scripture for that, the sister passage for that, and Mark 9, 6, it says, for he did not know how to ply, how to reply, for they became terrified. Let me just say one, let me side, a little sidebar on this. Let me go on a little quick rabbit hole. When you don't know what to say, <laughs> If you ain't got nothing good to say about somebody, I don't care what they've done to you. I don't care what they said about you. I don't care how you've been wounded or offended by them. If you don't have anything good to say, listen, guys, listen, don't worry about the baby. The baby's fine. If you don't have anything good to say, sit on that information. Just sit there. Let it sit. Don't tell somebody else. 
Don't poison the, the, the fluid. Don't, don't, kill, don't, don't be a source of dissension, right? If you don't have anything good to say, if you don't have anything positive to add to the discussion, if you can't change the narrative in a positive, uplifting way, then just don't say anything. Just don't feel that you have to weigh in on everything because you can. Amen? I know, I know. I'm preaching now, really. This ain't even part of the text. Well, it's not my point. It's, gonna be, it's part of the text. But I'm saying this because we always feel like we got to say something or do something. You don't have to always do something. We need to learn to be comfortable with silence. We, learn, we need to learn to be comfortable with being quiet. We don't always have to have an opinion. We don't always have to have a take. Sometimes we can just hold our peace and let the Lord fight our battle. And then victory, victory shall be ours. Amen? Amen. And I think in this particular case, it was just good for Peter and his company to just sit tight. You don't know what to say. That's what the Bible says. You don't know what's going on. You don't know the whole story. You don't know all the facts. Don't say nothing. Let it alone, right? How, think how many families would still be together. Yep. Think how many marriages would still be together. Think how many people would still be friends. Yep. Think how many people would still be invited to Thanksgiving dinner had somebody decided to sit on some information and just not say anything. Amen? Amen. Y'all taking notes? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's my, that, that particular passage was Mark 9, 6. For he did not know how to reply. Then he shouldn't have replied. Okay, I'm back to Luke 9, 34. It says in verse 34, while he was saying this, a cloud formed and began to overshadow them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Then a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my son. The King James Version said, this is my beloved son, my chosen one. The King James Version says, hear him. The actual Greek word is listen to him. I like that word, listen, because it suggests obedience. It suggests compliance. He says, listen to him. And when, they, when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent and reported to no one in those days of the things which they had seen. Here's what I think that latter part means. So watch this, watch this guys. I'm going to be really quick. I just have three quick walking points for you. Walking points are points that we can walk out throughout the week and throughout our lives. But let me just suggest this before I give you the walking points. Listen, what I think the Lord was saying here on Mount, the Mount of Transfiguration, this whole event, I'll tell you my take on what this event really means in a second. But Peter said, Lord, it's good that we're here. So far, so good. That's perhaps where he should have stopped. But then he said, let us erect these tabernacles, these tents in honor of you and Moses and Elijah. In other words, let's do something religious. Let's, let's just do something. You know how you sometimes we feel like we just got to do something. We just, just, just being quiet and st stand, standing still before the Lord ain't enough. We just have to, have to be about something. No, and I think the Lord spoke to him and said, this is my son. This is Jesus Christ, God in the flesh listen to him don't listen to anybody else 
I think some of us read too much. Some of us listen to too much stuff. Some of us research too much. Some of us have too many voices in our head. Some of us are too eager to learn anything, to find out anything new, exciting, different. And we're listening to all of this voice, these voices, all of this noise. And God is saying, this, this is my beloved son. In the beginning was the word, John 1 says. And the word was with God and the word was God. And the word in verse 14 says, it dwelt among us. It came down and dwelt among us. Amen? Amen. So I guess what God was saying was, Peter, listen. Listen, guys. You ain't got to go all, you know, extra level deep. Building temples, erecting shrines, building memorials. It ain't about that. All I need you to do is one thing, guys. He said, just listen to my son. Listen to Jesus. Be quiet. Listen. That's what he was saying. We're, getting, we're, we're in a day and age where we have information overload. TMI out the yin-yang. We are just inundated with data, noise, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Need I go on? YouTube, the internet. I get so many emails. I looked in my email box. I have like seven email accounts. I have over 13,000 messages. Marie said, what you gonna do with all that? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna delete them. <laughs> I, so, all, so, so you guys wanna know what I did while I was, yes, I went to a conference. I'll tell you all about that another time because I'm, I'm already over time. I went to a conference this week, this week in Anaheim. It was really nice, the weather was horrible. Don't go to California in April. So, so, so maybe that was the Lord saying, I need you to rest and learn some. But one of the things I did was, I just started deleting all of this. I cleaned my email box to nine messages. Wow. Y'all wow. should be proud of me. Wow. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, I just, every day, I like knocked out a couple thousand. I just went through my box. So if y'all sent me something recently and I haven't responded, my bad. My box is empty. <laughs> All right. So much for that. Okay, here's my here's walking point number one. I only have three in there really quick. So if you're taking notes, I think they're in your notes. If you don't have notes, just raise your hand and we'll get you a copy. Here's the point number one I want to make. Luke 9, 20, here's what it says. Some eight days after these things, he took along Peter and James and John, and they went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of Jesus' face became different, and his clothing became white and gleaming. Okay, point number one. Jesus was transfigured. The word transfigured in Greek, it's the same word that we have in English for transformed. You all with me? Transform, remember Revelation, I'm sorry, Romans 12, 1 and 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed, transfiguration, same Greek word. It means metamorphosis. It's, if we get the word metamorphosis in English, I've defined that before. Metamorphosis is a change that play, takes place on the inside that reflects things on the outside, right? So a butterfly, so we, we know the metamorphosis process when a caterpillar builds a cocoon and then the cocoon emerges as a butterfly. That's called a, a, for, that's called a 
process of metamorphosis. It's, a, it's an internal change that is manifested on the outside. Rosie, it reminds me of my friend, Terry O'Bannon, who used to love this song that was entitled, Jesus on the Inside. And the first line of the chorus and the verse of that song was, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside, working on the outside, oh, what a change. brought about a change in my life. That's metamorphosis. That's transfiguration or transformation. So Jesus went on the mount and he did a complete bodily transfiguration right in front of them. That is, he materialized himself as a glorified body. He changed his, con con he changed his continents. He went from physical to metaphysical or spiritual back to physical. That blew their minds. Literally, would it have blown your mind to watch a man essentially become, I don't know, a spirit and then re-manifest re himself physically? Well, that's what happened. That was the transfiguration. That happened in Matthew 17. It happened in Luke 9. It happened in Mark 9. So my first point is we too will be, are being transformed right now into God's glory. That's our, that's our goal as believers, to, to reflect Jesus to the world. When people see us, when people see you guys, everybody that's out here that can hear me, when, when people see you guys, they ought to see Jesus. Okay? We need to reflect Jesus. The way Jesus reflected God, actually Hebrews, listen to this scripture right here. It's a great passage. You don't have to turn to it, but just listen to it. Hebrews 1.3 says, and he is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature. They're talking about Jesus. Jesus is God's exact physical manifestation. That's what Hebrews 1.3 says. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus represents God. He, he is the manifestation of God. So if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If you want to know how God responds, look at Jesus. Look at his words. Look at the word according to John 1.1. So, so this transfiguration to me was a, a precursor of what we are going through and that we are daily, daily, ladies and gentlemen, we're being transformed we're being metamorphosized or we're being changed or converted into the image of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And before I give you point number two, which is my next to the last point, Second uh, Corinthians, rather, put this in your notes, Second Corinthians 3.18, killer scripture. Here's what it says, Second Corinthians 3.18, Paul was writing to the church of Corinthians, second letter to them. He said, but we all with unveiled face that means nothing over our face, no veils, no covering, no mask. We are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the same image as Jesus from glory to glory, just as the Lord, the Spirit. That means that here's what happens. Here's what he's saying. He's saying as we, as we read the word, that's why Marie's point was so, so on point this morning about what the word... 
When we read the word, when we study God's word, guys, listen, listen, listen to me. What happens is the word changes us on the inside and it makes us act differently on the outside. That's what the word does. When you're processing the word properly, are you all with me? You all with me? When you're processing the word properly, it's changing how you think. It changes your attitude. God's word changes your behavior. If you're not being any different, if you still have the same bad attributes and traits, and you have that same bad attitude that you had back in 2021, that's right. Nice. I'm looking at you. Then, then, then the word, then you're not, let, you're not letting the word change you. You should be getting better, kinder, gentler, sweeter, nicer, right? Less angry, more forgiving, more tolerant. Do you all hear me? We need to be becoming more like Jesus, compassionate, merciful, forgiving, gentle, kind. Do y'all believe that? Yes. Really, that's what the word does to us. We start submitting to one another, being humble. We quit wearing our feelings on our sleeves. We quit being so easily offended. Oh, Pastor, yeah, I see it. Oh, Pastor Will, Pastor Will, um, sister so-and-so offended me. They hurt my feelings. And I'm, I'm upset. You guys know how much do you know how many times I've heard that over the last 20-some years? A lot. And I'm not saying that people can't genuinely, authentically offend someone. But you know what? We have to learn as believers. We got to get tougher. Mm -hmm. We got to get stronger. Listen, listen to me. You got to let some stuff blow over. You got to let some stuff roll off. You can't turn everything into World War III. Okay? okay you, you, can't, you can't go dark because somebody says something wrong or does something wrong or offended you or hurt you, right? You can't go ballistic. Some stuff you just got to let go. We can't make everything a federal case. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't do that. If he would, he would have spent all of his time on earth fighting the Romans and the Jews. But he didn't. He had a purpose. He had work to do that didn't involve righting every wrong and addressing every offense. <clears throat> Life is too short, guys. I'm here to tell you. Life is too short. Now, I know Marie increased her life by nice. 10 years in one <laughs> sentence. But for the rest of us, for the rest of us, this thing is going downhill. Right? <laughs> the second law of thermodynamics says that everything is in a state of decrease. Everything is in a state of reduction. We're going down, except for Reed. But the rest of us are going down. <laughs> Inside joke, if you weren't here a couple weeks ago, Marie increased her age by 10 and a half years. Uh, so, so point number two, that's walking point number one. Marie said, am I ever going to live that down? Not if me and Marcus have anything to say about it. So here's point number two. Point number two, I'm almost done. Hang with me. Give me about five to six or seven more minutes. Point number two. We also, this is why I believe this is a very important passage in, in Matthew 17 and Luke 9 and Mark 9 about being the transfiguration. Listen, it's, it's, a, it's a shout out to us. 
that we too one day will be glorified. All of you suffering with bodily pains, bodily ailments, you're dealing with sickness, you're dealing with this body breaking down, not cooperating, not responding. God has a better plan for us. Listen, listen, this is just me. This is just me, and I think I have to back this up scripturally. I believe that the reason that the Lord tells, showed us in this, this revelation, this, trans, this, transform, this transfiguration, why was it Moses and Elijah, right? Okay, here's why I think it was. Moses actually died a physical death and was buried. Elijah, with a J, and I, I specify the difference between Elijah and Elisha, because Elisha, with an S, actually died a physical death due to illness. Elijah was caught up. The Bible says he was caught up in a chariot of fire and went to heaven. He did not, wait for it, Elijah did not see death. Only two men in scripture had that distinguished privilege. Elijah, does anybody know who the other guy was? Enoch. Enoch, very good. Enoch. Enoch, the Bible says, walk with the Lord for 300 years. You should go to heaven if you walk with the Lord for 300 years. I mean, I ain't saying nothing bad about the brother, but if you, when you... <laughs> When, when you walk with the Lord for 300 years, some of us struggle to walk saved 300 days. <laughs> you walk with the Lord for 300 years, you deserve to be raptured because you are the man. <laughs> Enoch, the Bible says, walk with the Lord for 300 years and he was no more. God just took him out. Don't mess up on me now, Mike. I'm getting to my last point. So Enoch and Elijah were both raptured. So I believe, I may have to change mics. I believe, check it out. I believe the reason we get this, this particular account of, of Elijah and Moses because Moses, watch this, very important point. Very important point. Moses died and therefore he was caught up. Actually, you know what I think it is, Lisa? One of the other mics is on. Bring everybody down except this mic in the podium. All the other ones bring them down to zero. You think it's this one? No, which one is that? This one is Will. Okay. So everything except Will and podium, let's kill the volume on. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa is my assistant, technician, sound, audio, video expert. And um, I appreciate it. Lisa just got promoted to a job. She said, I ain't even asked for <laughs> Won't he do it? But won't he do it? That's right. <laughs> so so check it out. My second walking, but I'm almost done. I'm trying to get done. Y'all messing me up. So, uh, so here's what I'm thinking. That Elijah represented the saints who will be raptured, who, did not, who will not see death. Moses represented the saints that died with Christ and will be resurrected from the grave. So you got Moses and Elijah appearing on the mountain, talking to Jesus about his impending death. Moses representing those of us that may die and be buried. The Lord's going to bring us back. Are you all still with me? Mm -hmm. Just hang with me a few more minutes. If you're sleepy, just stand up. It's okay to stand up. Stand up and walk around a little bit. It's okay. I don't mind. If I see somebody standing up, I know, okay, they, they just need to stretch their leg. I don't want you to go to sleep on this because this is an important point. 
Moses represents saints that will die and be brought back to life. Elijah represents folks, according to 1 Thessalonians 4, that will be caught up to meet him in the air. Read 1 Thessalonians 4, the last five verses of that chapter. We'll tell you about the saints that will be raptured. Amen? I think it's verses 13 through 18 of, 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 of 1 Thessalonians, not 2. 1 Thessalonians, let me just check my facts. Fact check, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. So what I want you to do is listen, listen. These guys represent the church. It represents the saints at large. Moses, for anyone that dies, God's going to bring them up. Elijah, anyone that's raptured according to 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, God's going to raise them up. It is a shout out to us. It is a, a foreshadowing of what God is going to do with his bride. We will be caught up in whatever state we're in. God's going to translate us and glorify us. Amen. That should be encouraging, guys, really. Otherwise, why are we doing this? Why are we being saved if we don't have a hope? If we don't have a hope, Paul said if we, have, if we don't have in this hope in Jesus of the resurrection, that we are of all men most miserable. It's miserable if this life is it, right? Bills, taxes, sickness, arthritis, cancer, bills. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if this is all we got... <laughs> If this is all we have to look forward to, then this miserable, right? So here's my last point. Walking point number three. Stay woke. Stay woke. I find disciples, I said this in Sunday school, the disciples are always going to sleep on Jesus at the wrong time. Right? They went to sleep here at the transfer. How do you, how do you, I need to sit down and say this. How, how do you go to sleep when the God of the universe is transfiguring, going through a live metamorphosis in front of you? I mean, when I'm watching the History Channel or the Animal Channel and they show these metamorphoses of butterflies and larvae and cocoons and stuff, I'm like locked to the screen. And I know what's going to happen. I've seen this movie before, and I'm still riveted because it's so fascinating to see this metamorphosis. How are you watching the God of the universe in the flesh glorify himself in front of you, and you fall asleep? I don't care what time of night it is. First of all, you walked up this mountain. I mean, just being up on a high summit in and of itself should be stimulating enough to keep you awake. You're with the God of the universe. That should keep you awake. He's bringing Moses and Elijah into the conversation. That should keep you awake. And these guys are asleep. To me, it's very reminiscent of what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. Once again, Jesus is preparing for his death, and these cats are sleeping. I just wonder, is that a, is that a, a warning to us that we need to wake up? Are we asleep at a critical time in our lives, at a critical time in human history? Are we not woke for what could be a life-changing experience? Are we going to sleep when God is trying to show us the most important thing in our lives, trying to reveal to us something that is a game-changer, and we're asleep or distracted or building tabernacles and tents or into some other mindless 
errand or task that isn't, doesn't have eternal value. Stay woke, saints. That's walking point number three. Last point. Stay woke. That's the warning I get out of this. He didn't scold them the way he scolded them in the Garden of Gethsemane. But he made it a point that all three gospel writers alluded to the fact that these cats were asleep at the wheel. Almost missed the transfiguration. To me it says how many of us are asleep in some way that might miss what God is doing. I love what it says here as my Monday morning moment. In 2 Corinthians 3.18. I put down here as my Monday morning moment. I said that because I see Cliff back there. And Cliff will call me out on it. If I don't give you the Monday morning moment. Um, the Monday morning moment is this. As we look into. I kind of alluded to this earlier. It's a little long. But I got it on your sheets there. As we look into the word of God. We see the son of God. And we are transfigured. By the spirit of God. Into the glory of God. I'll say that again. As we look into the word of God. We see the son of God. His name is Jesus. We are transfigured. Transformed in our spirit. By the spirit of God. So that we will come and become the glory of God. That, that's really the entire sequence of events. That's the metamorphosis. The word of God. The spirit of God. By the son of God. To the glory of God. Amen. 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 Lord we just thank you for your word this morning. We ask that you bless us. That we will receive it. That we will listen to it. And not just be hearers only but doers also Lord, we ask that you be edified that you be glorified in this service all day in our hearts and our lives today and that we will be edified your people by coming together assembling as you state in your word we thank you and we give you honor and praise in jesus name amen god bless you